What is up, fam? I'm Dr. Dale. I'm Derek Phillips. Back for week number two of Rise Up Podcast. Rise Up. It's good to be back. Yeah, so last week um, was the kickoff, and you know, like we said last week, Derek and I were like, hey, we're going to do this podcast, talk about how to be more productive and success and you know, just all about the grind. So we did the first one last week, and I think we got I got some pretty good feedback. I don't know what you heard, but um, yeah, got some good feedback. People directly inboxing me and uh, a lot of views. So this is a good jump off, good first show. Like I have, I have I haven't looked at it yet, but I know I got a message from somebody who knows you. Actually, okay. I haven't read the message that came in today, but I just saw at the beginning of it says something about um, you know I love what you and Derek's doing and. Uh, Rise up and such and such. So I think people like it. Hey, so if you like it, we like it. We're good. We'll keep it coming. We'll keep it going. I'm excited. And um, man, we're just going to make some, we're going to try to be consistent. We're going to put out some good quality content and really try to give you guys some high quality stuff that's meaningful. Not just up here, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But some value. Exactly. Add value to your lives. So before we hop into the, the, the topic for today, let's just kind of catch up. So Derrick and I, you know, we chat, but we're purposely trying to save these days for our chat days also now. So we got, so you guys can actually see into our conversations in our real life. So what you been up to, man? Man, this past week, I'm trying to do so much. I'd be losing track. I saw a picture of you running a marathon, though. No, yeah. So I, I ran a marathon, a Fort Worth Cowtown marathon, my first one back in February. Oh, and I had just randomly set the goals, one of my New Year's resolutions. My wife was still pregnant. I was like, hey, being a parent is going to be like a marathon. It's, I know it's going to be a long journey. So let me prove to myself that I had a mental and physical strength to go to go the distance. I was like, okay, I want that to be my first gift to my daughter. Legacy is to give her that marathon medal. So I accomplished that in February. And now, in just the spirit of what you're talking about, giving people value, inspiring people, I'm like, okay, I need another big why to do something else, even challenge myself even more. And I'm deciding to do the Dallas uh, BMW Marathon. It's actually the Ultra Marathon. Man, now you go. That's a 31.1 miles. You got yourself a little marathon <laughs> addiction, man. Yeah, it is addictive out the wild either. But, yeah, so I'm going to do the Ultra Marathon. 31 miles. So a regular marathon is what, 23? 20, 26.2. 26.2, okay. You're doing 31. So what you going to do next? Like a super duper califragilistic <laughs> marathon? After that, I might do Iron. Well, I'm starting a half Iron Man. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good, man. That's good. I love what you said about the physical because if the physical can do it, in order for the physical to do it, the mental has to be already there. The mental got to be there. The physical can't even attempt to do it, really. Definitely. So I love that. And I that's the that. post you saw. I said after at the 20-mile mark, I hit that wall where I had nothing left physically. <laughs> I was all out of energy. Body was hurting. I'd never been in so much pain and so exhausted. But those last 6.2 miles, it was all mental. It was all hard. I had to focus on, okay, what's my big why? Why am I doing this? What's it going to impact? Who's it going to inspire? So giving up was an option. I love it. You know what I do sometimes like when I'm working out? So let's say if I'm, you know, whatever, just hitting the bench. Mm-hmm. If I'm hitting it, and an easier example would be push-ups. So if I'm doing push-ups, okay. if I'm trying to get to 100 push-ups straight or something, so I'll be cranking out the push-ups. And then when I start to get tired, I go back to zero in my mind. Mm. So I might be at 50, but instead of saying 51, 52, one. 52, I say uh. one, two, three. And then I start doing the sets of 10. I hit 10. I say, okay, Trick 10, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, nine, 10. One, oh, two, I like three. That. I do yeah. it five times. It makes it a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me to be like, oh, I can get to 10 as right. opposed to like, oh, I'm going for 100, you know. Right. I like that because if you're at 60, like, okay, well, I already did 60. So that's good enough yeah, well, versus versus two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good tip. It really yeah. is. It works, man. For, for whatever reasons, that mental thing, like you said, the mental has to be there first. So it like just gets my mind ready. Like, oh, yeah, you can do 10. Anybody can do 10 more. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can do 10 more. And then mm-hmm. next, you know, you've knocked out 100. Like it's like it's nothing, man. It's a guy I like a lot. It's called, his name's David Goggins. He's an ex-Navy SEAL. He talks a lot about just motivation, and he does all kind of ultra marathons, all type of stuff. We talked about after he accomplished something, he always tells himself, it's a day one, week one. You always restart and reset. And always start from zero versus saying, like, I already accomplished this, so I'm good. I can be comfortable and coast. Nah, day one, week one. I love it. It's like my um. So I coached my kids' basketball team, and um, my my co-coach, assistant coach, her name is Cami, Cami Richards. She's uh, her husband and I are good friends. My wife and her are good friends. Okay. And she played college ball. She actually went to – man, Cami, if you see this, forgive me. I can't remember. I don't know if it was she, Sweet she, 16 she, or Final Four. She, but got she, went, skills, she, she got skills, though. She got skills. She has skills, and she had a great coach. So every halftime, no matter how much we're winning, 
She always tells our team, hey, score 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm. That's that whole idea. doesn't matter. What, first off, we're back at, back at the beginning. Zero, score 0-0 zero, zero, zero. Zero right now. I like that. I think she got it from her coach. Oh, just so you guys know, we are going to be talking about mental clarity. That's the topic mm-hmm. today. I forgot to say that at the start, mental clarity. But I'll tell you, so my week last week was really cool. You know, I messaged you and told you that um, I had gone to Missouri, and right. it was great, man. So so for any listener who doesn't know, I went to undergrad at University of Missouri. I went to med school at University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. I met my wife at the University <laughs> of Missouri, you know. Uh, so Some strong ties there. Very strong ties, man. I mean, that was that was my adulthood, right? The first eight years of my adulthood were all at the University of Missouri. And it's a strong ties, you know. At, you know, Mizzou, University of Missouri, is Mizzou's the, the nickname. So in Mizzou, we always say Mizzou made. That's kind of the thing. Like Mizzou those, made. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Mizzou made. I really am. Yeah. And it was really cool. A guy by the name of Drew up there in Columbia, he brought me back um, in partnership with MU, the health, the hospital system, healthcare. And he brought me up there to speak for alumni weekend and, and – um, it was also homecoming weekend, so it was, it was great. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I go speak a lot, right? So I get invited. I go speak across the country. Mm-hmm. But this was just so special, just that the welcoming, the warmth. It was so amazing. Mm-hmm. I hadn't quite experienced anything like it. Your peoples. My peoples, mm-hmm. yeah, man. My people. And, you know, just seeing faces and such. Man, it was so good, man. It was so good to see those people. Uh, but I went out there. I spoke. Uh, I talked about diversity in healthcare and medicine and how we can achieve that. It was a great talk, and you know I got such excellent feedback, and I just had a good time in Missouri. So that nice. part was all cool. Yeah. Now the really cool part about it for me, cool and challenging, is now that my kid turned eight years, my oldest boy is eight years old. Okay. So I take him with me sometimes now when I travel. Uh-huh. So you know he went to D.C. last time I spoke at D.C. He went to Mizzou with me, um, just last week. So it was really cool getting taking him up there, and he gets a chance to see what Daddy does and learn how to start networking, start doing business, things of mm-hmm. that sort. It's priceless. And it's priceless, <laughs> it really man. Priceless. It's crazy. And then it's um, homecoming weekend. Mm-hmm. So I went to my very first ever football game for a college or high school. I mean, wow. college or NFL. Right. I've never been to an NFL game still. Right. But I spent eight years in Columbia, Missouri, and this was my very first football game ever. It was a good, it was, it was a good moment to be able to spend it with my kid. Mm-hmm. The bad part about it is my, my five-year-old, almost six-year-old now, he... He understands, right? So he wants to travel. He wants to come with me, but I can't take him because he can't sit through lectures and stuff yet. You know, again, <laughs> uh, like, ah, daddy, ah. <laughs> he's not ready for that. So it was bittersweet. It was good. I had a great time with Tony, but of course, it's always sad to be away from the rest of your family. Right. But um, so I mean, that was my week last few days, and that was just amazing, awesome for me. Um, so shout out to Mizzou. Anybody from Mizzou, if you guys are watching, listening, thank you. I love you guys, man. Thanks for showing me a great time. It was good to be home. Good to be home. Nice, nice. So, I guess we should hop into what we want to talk about for this week, which is this idea of mental clarity. So, um, you know, the not today, we're recording this on a Monday, but last week, last Monday, I put out the, the Maximize Monday about journaling and how important it is to journal and why people should journal. And a lot of, a lot of great stuff comes from journaling, but end of the day, it's about this idea of mental clarity, really. Mm-hmm. It's about, hey, how do I make my mind as clear as possible? Like we we're talking about with the, with the exercise and how do, you, how do you shape, form, frame, whatever you want to say, your mindset, so your body, your spirit, so everything else can, can flow, right? Right, right. So, I mean, that's where we're at. So, mental clarity, man. And what, you, what you got on that? What you got on that? So, for me, about a year ago, I started, like in the first thing in the morning, I started reading the Bible and meditating. Yeah. And I kind of viewed the meditation as a way to kind of reset everything that's just kind of flush your mind, reset, start the day fresh, start with scripture, quotes, anything inspirational, motivational type stuff. That's kind of one way I like to start my day, that, that meditation. Also, I, I, I journal more so informally. I have a, a Note 8, so that's the one with the little pen, the Samsung. Yeah. So anytime that's I get what it, I got right here. Hey, hey, great mind. Samsung, like, man, y'all gonna pay us for this. I like Boom. those. Right, <laughs> I like those. Check like, that check, Samsung. Anytime I get an idea in my head, I open up my notes and just write it down. And yeah, I'm a prolific note taker. That's kind of my version of of um, just journaling. But I'm definitely gonna start doing more formal journaling. Like I see you had your your own yeah. little book that you journal. I like that idea as well. Yeah, and I don't even, it's like I do it like every day all the time. Matter of okay. fact, now it's kind of like sparse. I, I do a lot of, like you do, I do a lot of writing in general. Mm-hmm. But I'm specifically real journaling. 
it's not like I'm doing it all the time, but it's this idea as to, man, just getting stuff out of your mind and mm-hmm. onto paper really provides so much clarity. It really, right. like one of my mentors, John, he's always telling me, you know, John. Um, boy, oh, yeah, John. Yeah, he's, he's always telling me, he's like, anything I want to do, I'm like, hey, John, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. You know, I was coming back to, hey, Dale, write it down. Make a plan. I'm like, John, I want to do this. Hey, Dale, where's your plan? Right. <laughs> John, I want to do this. Where's your plan? You know, John, I want to tie my shoe. Hey, where's the plan for the shoe? <laughs> shoelace tying? You know? I like that. Uh, but it took me a while, and he, you know, he'll probably tell you. He's probably, he was probably getting mad in his head at me for not making plans. But, you know, now I actually write them down. But it took me a while to really kind of figure out the importance of taking it out of your mind and putting it on mm-hmm. paper. Mm-hmm. Makes it real. Once you write, you write it down, and I like what you said. Like, it's like a contract with yourself. Yeah. Every day you write down. What you say at night, you write it down. What yep. you have to do the next day, you make that contract with yourself versus keeping it in your head. Uh, you can just say, oh, I forgot about it or just not as important. Yeah. I like that as well. And that plan is important. I was talking to my nephew. He's 18. He's graduated high school. Mm-hmm. He's experiencing what adulthood is like. Oh. He's working at McDonald's and like, how do you, how do you like it? Man, I hate it. I hate to keep on working <laughs> with. Okay, I understand. Just a temporary stepping stone. But if you desire something more, what's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one thing to say, oh, I hate where I'm at. But if you have no plan to get out of that situation, it's just it's just a, a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, man. All right, speaking about fast food, we went to. Um, I'm not I'm not endorsing you know bad eating here, but that's what it was. <laughs> Is what it is. So we went to Taco Bell last night, mm-hmm. and we tried to go in the door, and the door was locked. And, you know, it was like seven, eight o'clock, and it's not supposed to close until eleven o'clock, right? So we're like, <laughs> out the early. Door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so watch the door locked, and there's a guy in the back. You see the guy in the back just like hustling, trying to work as fast as he can. So we, then we had to debate: Do we really want to stay here in the drive-through, go get something else? My wife was like, "I want Taco Bell." Okay. So so you know we stayed there, went through the drive-through, we get up to the front, man. There's one guy in there doing everything by himself. Right, everything by himself, and it's a long line, right? And he's still in there just busting his butt, like just grinding, hustling, running back and forth, flipping everything <laughs> as quick as he can. And you know, I told my wife, I was like, I was like, man, kudos to that guy, you know, like just just think about it. Most people, or a lot of people, probably would have said, man, I'm here by myself. I don't get off till eleven o'clock, anyways. There's no point in working fast. Right. You know, if I slow down, then people are gonna leave the line, and it's less work for me. Right. This guy's in there like sweating, just just grinding, busting. I guess whatever. I think somebody like didn't didn't come show up for the trip. Called off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Texas OU weekend, eh? Yeah, Everybody right. calling off. <laughs> it's Texas football, man. You gotta be ready for that. But you know, I I just, I just thought I had so much respect for that guy after after seeing him do that. You know, just thinking like, man, people like that, people who are willing to work hard to that level and really they don't have to. Mm-hmm. When it's not his fault, he's there by himself. He showed up. Somebody else yeah, ain't showing. Making he the most up. of it. Making the most of it, man, is that mindset. I wish if, if everybody could have that mindset about I'm going to make the most of, of why I'm here, what I've got to work with, and I'm going to, you know, the biggest point in all that was he understood his role there was to serve, mm. and we're all, we're all here to serve, period. Right. So he understood his, his role was to serve, and he did it to the best of his ability, man, mm-hmm. best of his ability. <clears throat> what I like about that is how whenever you – think positive and you have that mentality to serve you just see inspiration everywhere so a lot of people just overlook that or would have been more so angry like why is it taking so long but you look at it as huh, that's kudos to that guy that's inspiring because that's yeah. just how your mind is fixed you're looking for positivity or just finding that golden nuggets and something that other people may overlook or take for granted i, I yeah. like that definitely and the cool thing about about having that mindset is it passes on to your kids. So mm-hmm. when we're in Columbia, we we're leaving the football game. It was cold, man. <laughs> it was cold out there. So we left <laughs> at halftime, and um, there was a guy. It's funny. I'm just not. I'm just not realizing this. My son and I were saying he was dressed like a cat, but it wasn't a cat. He was just like a tiger. A mizzou tiger. <laughs> big cat. A big cat. Yeah. So he had like his face painted. And it was you know looked like a Bengal. Okay. And he was out there playing the flute and had his speakers and stuff. Type of stuff you see in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And he's doing that, you know. So we give him a little bit of money, and then my son's like, "Yeah, Dad, we give him money because he deserved it. He was working hard." Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just passing him up, you know. So it was, it was really cool for me to see my son like appreciate what the guy was doing and say, "Man, he's working hard. Like mm-hmm. he should be rewarded for his hard work." Yeah. You know, it's good. That's important. Parents, yeah. Kids are modeling what you do, and that mindset passes down. So. I mean, that's Positivity. key. The mindset. I like how you said that. The mindset, mindset. passes down. That's passes down. Um, hopping back to this, like, this mental clarity idea and writing things down, 
you know, for me, one of the times where I realized the importance of writing things down, because, you know, I'm a doctor. Mm -hmm. So when we go see a patient, we'll come up with a plan. Okay, I go see his patient, Mr. Smith. Here's what I want to do with, with Mr. Smith. I ordered all these tests. I did all this stuff. And I put it on my orders in the computer. Mm -hmm. But then I'll say, okay, I need to write my note now. So I sit down and write my note. And a lot of times it's not until I'm really sitting down and writing my note where the best ideas come, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, Mr. Smith's diagnosis is actually this. Oh. And we got to do this. I got to order this instead of that. Wow. But when you sit down and you get a chance to actually start writing and, and you know, you could equate that to journaling, but, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about writing a note in the hospital. That's when you get the clarity. That's when things start coming together. That's when you can, you can see the, what's it, see the, the forest through the trees or whatever. Right, you right, see the right. bigger picture. Right. And that's why I'm so really, that's why I'm so big on this idea of writing, writing, writing. Because, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not the guy. Maybe it's just me. I don't know about you. But my decisions, my thought process, everything is much better after it's written down mm -hmm. than before I write it down. Yeah, you know? I agree. Gives you that framework, the structure. And like you say, you can really focus in on those details versus just those abstract thoughts of you keeping it in your head. And for me, I have ADHD, so I'll get a great idea. If I don't write it down, it's gone. <laughs> so I'll be so I'm really adamant about writing it down because it'll be something I'll get an idea and I'll write it down. I may not come back to it three, four, five months later, mm -hmm. but it's there. Like, okay, I, I remember. Okay, I had that somewhere written down. I had this idea on such and such date. Go back to my phone. Doo -doo -doo -doo. There it goes. <laughs> and then take action on it. Yeah. You know, the key thing about what you just said also is. Even sometimes you might not even know where you wrote it down, mm -hmm. but still the fact that you wrote it down somewhere yeah. does something in your brain. Your brain yeah. Like indexes, like, okay. That's <laughs> the word. Weird. Yeah, indexes in some kind of way, but it works. And when, it, when it's time to be recalled, somehow your body recalls yeah. it yeah. because you, you've you written it down. Now, let me ask you, why do you, why is it that, because I'm fairly confident most people don't do this, don't journal, don't write stuff down. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think that is, that people wouldn't do that? Um so probably for a couple of reasons. I'll say one reason is people maybe have maybe overconfidence in their ability to remember things. Yeah, <laughs> like my, my wife's like that. She just she has that ego. I don't need to write it down. I'm going to remember yeah, it. Don't get me in trouble with your wife, man. I have nothing to do with that statement. <laughs> she, she has pretty good memory, but sometimes she forgets stuff. But I think that sometimes it can be that. Another reason just be laziness or another reason just be they don't want to make that commitment by writing it down. Because if they write it down, then like, okay. They're committed. Like, it's yeah. a contract. So, I think that's another reason with goal setting why people really don't write goals down because it's it's easy if it's just in your head to, and nah, I'm not going to put it off. But if you make that commitment, write it down, especially write it down, then share it with other people. Now you kind of, you, you all in. There's no turning back. <laughs> Lockdown, man. You made yep. that contract. You signed that X. Definitely. Why do you think people don't write it down? I don't, you know. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying, but I don't think most people know that they should write it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think, um, and you know, that's that's why it's great that I think we're doing this rise up stuff. Because what's going to happen with this rise up is we're going to start dropping gems and knowledge. A lot of things that people don't even know they should be doing. Right. Um, you know, a lot of stuff for success that just most people don't know, and you wouldn't know a lot of this stuff if. If first of all, if you hadn't tried to do crazy things and failed at it, right? Because right. that's, that's how you learn. That, that's key, <laughs> right? So a lot of people are too scared to even try to do the crazy things. Um, and the second way is if you don't read this stuff, like we talked about. I think we talked about it a little bit last week about this whole idea of self-help and trying to get better. And a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, self-help. What is right. that? Right. Well, if you're not reading self-help books, that's on you. You know. And really, what self-help does is model success. So people, it's hundreds of years of people. The proven success and it's, it's commonalities amongst it. So yeah. self-help, we just reading what other people did to become successful. Looking down on it, it's like, okay, what's the alternative? <laughs> just I'm gonna, gonna figure just it gonna, out myself. Wing it. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't need to recreate the wheel. What did this other person do to become successful? Yeah, man, you can wing it all you want. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna go read that book by that guy who got a billion dollars worth of sales. I'm gonna say, how did you do it? You know, how did you do and it? Somebody told me that's like that's the best return on investment because you'll get that guy to. Got a made a billion dollars, and he writes a book. He takes all his life experiences, all those golden nuggets, put it in a book. Maybe twenty bucks yeah. charge you. You can't be high that. end. <laughs> yeah. Twenty bucks yeah. high end. So basically, giving it away. Why not take advantage of that? Pick that person's brain. 
how I view it. Great return investment. Read, 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 self-help. They learn from other success. I'm with you on that. And I, I definitely, I mean, I do think that's what it is. I think people just don't know. And the reason people don't know is because they're not reading. Um, and they're not taking enough risk. But the question comes, how many of uh, the people watching this and listening to this, how many of them are actually going to start journaling? So if you're, if you're watching this, listening to this, and you got this far in, Send us a message, man. Let us know if you're actually journaling, if you're going to journal. Definitely. Because I, I really want to know, when people know the quote-unquote secrets, the things that can make you successful, do they do it? Right. I know I do it. I know you do it, right? Yeah. Um, but then I see a lot of people don't do it. And I'm thinking, wait, do they not do it because just because they don't know about it? Hmm. Or because you're too lazy? Or because <laughs> you're choosing not to do it? Right. Comes like down to too as far as risk, so they're not willing to yeah. take that risk, that calculated risk, and maybe fail. That's part of the process. Really, process. And avoid it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, I'm interested to see. So, anyway, so that's why we're doing this episode now to tell you guys about this whole idea of mental clarity. And I'd be willing to bet that almost everybody who's done something big in life, without it being a fluke. Mm-hmm. Has had mental clarity about it. Oh, absolutely. Because we live, especially now, we live in a day and age where there's so many distractions. You know, social media. You put it on Facebook, and it's just a billion things are filling up your your Facebook timeline. You know, Twitter, social LinkedIn, whatever social media platform you're at. It's like people are sending you text messages. You got to go to work. TV. You have too many channels to watch. So much white noise. You just exactly. <laughs> flooded with it, right? How do you get that clarity from all that white noise? And it's hard. It's hard. So like you said, you know, meditating, writing things down, even if you don't write it down, you have to have some sort of mechanism that works for you to break through that white noise and and be able to, in my head, I, I see one of those like blur images where there's like one thing focused in the center, mm-hmm. everything else around it is blurred. You have to find a way to blur everything else out right. and focus on that one main idea for you. And that's what gives you that clarity. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Totally agree. Kind of like we take a picture on your phone, you have that live focus setting, yeah. and just focus on that, that key. Like you said, that, that one person, everything has to blur it out. You oh, have man. to do it. It reminded me of my wife. My wife is all about phones and live focusing and super slow mo, and she does all those she tricks. She's a master in photography. Awesome. Yeah, she does all that all that phone camera trick stuff. I can't I can get with it yet. But she's good at it, and it looks good. So, but, um, so I, guess, I guess really when we're talking about mental clarity, it's just this idea of focus. I guess in a sense, it's the same thing. Clarity is the same thing as being able to focus. That's what we say in the Army, laser focus. Just think about a laser on the rifle. It's pinpoint focus. It's going to help you in terms of achieving whatever goal you set. That is what your, your bull's eye is. Because if you don't have that, then you just, you're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. You're shooting off the target and stuff. But I mean, that's key because it, it goes back to that thing again, and we might have talked about this before, but you know, and there'll be recurrent themes on this podcast. But that book by um Ker- Keller, Gary Keller, Keller, the one thing, the one yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, this whole idea about what is that one thing that you're supposed to be focused on? What is your one man? And this, what's this guy's name? Um, um, Evan Carmichael. You know, okay. I don't know if you watch Evan Carmichael on YouTube. He's got some really good stuff. Also, I know the name. Yeah, he does. Um, he does this thing. I think it's called the one thing. And he has all these top ten rules. Yeah, to, to success or something. Yeah, yeah I like him. Yeah, yeah all that stuff. He's really good. And um, you know, he he talks about what is your one word? What is your one thing? So he's always focused on this believe idea. is his. Believe yeah, is his believe. exactly. Like, what is that one thing? And that one thing is how you get mental clarity. You know, I, you're not at a position of mental clarity until you know what is the one most important thing you need to be doing right now. That's mental clarity. Right. So when we're talking about mental clarity and journaling, the purpose of all that is to figure out what is the one thing that needs to be spending my my life on, my minute on, my day on. Mm-hmm. That's clarity because you can't do two things at once. Right. Like you think you are, you're like, oh yeah, I'm multitasking. You're not right. multitasking. Not effectively. <laughs> not, but I don't know if you even doing it. Well, you might be doing it a lot, but really they say you know people think you're multitasking, but just going back and forth right. really, really quick. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what computers do. Computers don't multitask. It just those processors are just stop, start, stop, start. They're doing it so quickly though, you don't notice the lag. But the human brain can't do that nowhere near as effective. And that's what in the one thing he talks about the brain science behind it in terms of 
you know how to affect the multitasker. You focus on one thing for that time period, and you're going to do it. You're going to be able to maximize the effectiveness. And that's what gives you that clarity, man. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should also talk about, so, what, so when we say clarity, besides that focus, what else, you know, what else are we talking about? This idea of, of clarity is, is having a well-defined focus. So, so you know, okay, I'm focused on making a great rise up episode today, right? Whatever. Um, I, I should tell you that Darius and I don't play in these. We just show up, sit down, put the camera on, start Make talking. Make it happen. <laughs> so, so, like, so now we're like focused on it because we want it to be authentic and just whatever we say, we want this to be natural, right? If you guys want more, um, more focus stuff, you know, we have programs for that. But so when you talk about clarity, it's, it's defined, a defined focus. So you might say, okay, I'm focused on making a great rise up podcast. But then the clarity comes with how do you define a great rise up episode? Like, what is the definition of that? So clarity is, okay, what is my true understanding of what my focus is? Um, am I making sense you following? Let's follow. I want to make sure I'm not losing people who are listening. It makes sense. And for me, it kind of ties into uh, what's kind of popular with people like around New Year's. They'll say, okay, what's your word for the year? And for uh, me, for 2019, mine was empowerment. So mm-hmm. I was able to focus, like, okay, anything I take action on or commit myself to, I have to ask the question, is it going to empower people? Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped me focus on, okay, what's what's applicable to empowerment and what's not. So anything that's outside of that sphere of empowering others, then it's not worth me doing. But if it is, hey, I'm going to make it happen no matter what. So that, that's one way to focus as well. Where you, okay, you have a, like an overarching theme for the year. And if it, if it falls within that sphere, then, then you know you stand on track. Yeah, I love that. Because that keeps you, that keeps you in your lane. Also, this this idea of people trying to do things that aren't really in their lane. Exactly. Yeah. But if you know, hey, my my deal is empowerment. I am, I'm here to empower people. So mm-hmm. if it's within empowerment, that is my lane. That's what I do. Right. If it's not, then I'm just not. I'm not messing with it. It's just not not what I'm called to do. So that clarity. <laughs> so it comes yeah. comes comes down to this clarity. So I'm thinking about chaos, mm-hmm. and. and <laughs> It's unfortunate to say this, but when I'm thinking about chaos, the picture that's coming in my mind is the United States of America. <laughs> Very unfortunate to say that, but that's that's what it is. It is you know? what it is. Yeah. And think like, why are certain things in chaos? And I dare say, well, two reasons. Number one, competition, right? So competition is just part of part of life. People are going to compete, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so limited resources, people are going to compete for. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm not sure I believe in this. I, I'm not sure I believe in limited resources, man. Mm-hmm. I think... um. I believe in abundance. So I yeah, think this. Yeah, I agree from that standpoint. But yeah, when it comes to competition, I guess in the context, I mean like first place is to be number one. Oh, yeah. You're competing for that. So there's only one number one spot. That's true. Kind of in that context. But I certainly believe in abundance. It's the law of abundance. Yeah, yeah. But so we should touch on this abundance idea in this competition because one of my favorite things, I remember, um, it might have been Simon Snuck's book. I don't remember. Some book I read. They were talking about the difference between Apple and and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying was, he was like, yeah, I went to a Microsoft meeting. And the whole meeting was focused on, like, hey, look at those Apple guys. Look what you're doing. How do we beat those Apple guys? Right. And then I went to the Apple meeting, and they were like, hey, guys, how do we get better? How can we be better than we were last year? <laughs> you know? I like that. Like they, were, they were focused on themselves. So they weren't worried about the competition. They were like, we have everything we need here already. Like, let's just take what we need so we can go ahead and get more. And I think, man, I th- you have to, you do have to compete. I believe in competition. I very much believe in this idea of competition. But at the same time, you have to realize that there's, I think there's more than enough out there for everybody. Right. If everybody finds their lane, if everybody gets that clarity and can find the lane what they're supposed to be doing. If you know what you're supposed to be doing, your, your gifts, your treasures, they're out there waiting for you to come get them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally right. And I read a book called uh, Fast Lane. Fast Lane Millionaire, mm-hmm. and he talked about whenever you're focusing on the competition, you can't innovate. Hmm. So the reason Apple, for example, they're innovators. That's what their brand is. They're in innovation. They couldn't do that if they're focused on what Microsoft is doing. Yeah. They're trying to catch up at that point. And another thing with in the context of me training for a marathon, mm-hmm. um, when I'm out there running, say, White Rock, for example, you have people out there on bikes. You have people that are out there of all ages and physical abilities. I can't focus on what they're doing or what race they're running. I have to run my race because, for example, someone passes me and I'm running 10 miles that day. 
I can't think like, oh man, I got to catch up with them. They maybe only running two miles, or so. <laughs> so just things like that where a, you get distracted by what other people two are doing. Two miles, or, or or that might be me, Pessy. I'm just running. I'm just running the 100 yards that day. <laughs> right. So if you get distracted, think, oh man, I'm, I'm not doing that good because this person just passed me. Or it's just you have to stay focused on your lane, your race. That, that's something that I think about all the time when I'm out there training. No, it's real. I forgot who says it. Actually, I think a lot of people said it, but you know, definition of success is is how are you doing compared to what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, not compared to what, you know, it's not, hey, they, they'll, <laughs> what they're, you didn't get their score. Well, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing what you're doing. Right. I'm supposed to be doing and what and I'm doing. And it goes back to what you said, writing it down. How do you know what you're supposed to be doing if you didn't write it down? <laughs> exactly. And you're not tracking it. It all ties together, certainly. It definitely does. And, man, I, all right, it's kind of funny, right, because I'm trying to explain this idea of clarity, but I'm not clearing my explanation of clarity because, I almost want to say clarity is almost a somewhat complex thing to explain, but it's really not. You know, it's, it's complex to get there. Complex to get <laughs> we there. We have so many distractions and getting pulled in so many directions. Directions. It's a lot easier said than done, as far as clarity. But once you arrive there, you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's crystal clear now. Yeah, no. Once you <laughs> know what you're supposed to be doing, it's a process, though. Certainly. Like you know, even in my life, like you know, I spend a lot of my time now doing things like what we're doing right now, like trying to say how can we develop people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that came from clarity. That took years for me to get there. I think part of the reason it took years for me to get there is because I wasn't intentional about it. Right. So you know, that's something to understand about clarity then. To find clarity, you need to be intentional about finding clarity. And now that I'm so much more intentional about it, it feels natural. Mm-hmm. It feels very natural. I don't, I don't feel like I'm trying hard to do anything. I was telling my brother, um, I was speaking to my brother this morning on the phone. We're talking about my speaking engagements. I was like, you know, honestly, I was like, a lot of times I go speak, I don't know what I'm going to say until like the night before. Right. Like, I don't plan anything until the night before. If I'm going to do a PowerPoint, I just say, okay, I'm just going to let me find some pictures online, throw the slide together. Mm-hmm. Like some days I just show up, I just show up and just talk, right? Yeah. And it's because that's my gift, right? right? I'm gifted in that area. So for me, it's very natural just to walk into place and boom, and just drop it and everybody gets it, like, oh, right? <laughs> Um, you must have been preparing for months for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but in reality, you've been preparing your whole life. I was <laughs> just reality. about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that, man. And that's the thing that people don't get, you know. And somebody, people, people walk in there and be like, man, like, how come I can't go in there and talk about that? Well, for two reasons. Number one is I'm gifted in that area. Mm-hmm. And I didn't re- actually, I've known that for quite some time after. Um, we'll have our unique gifts. Yeah, we'll have our unique gifts, right? Some gifts in that area. Um, and second thing is, like I said, I prepare for it all the time. So it's not just like, oh, gifted, I'm good, right? right. Because what they say, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. So it's I know I'm gifted in that area, so I work on it, you know? Yeah. I just more than just getting ready this morning. I was, you know, shaving and stuff. I'm in the mirror kind of talking to myself and just rehearsing stuff. It's just yeah. like natural all the time practice now. Right, right. And when you practice your gifts, that helps you arrive at that clarity. Mm-hmm. Because then you start to see your strength and whatever it is you're doing. Like, man, I really am good at this. Okay, maybe I'm supposed to be doing this. Yep. You know? It feels natural. It just flows. That's thing, too, about being a, a speaker. You, like, people look at, oh, man, you get paid for a certain amount of money to be on stage for however long, say, 45-minute keynote. Oh, I get paid so much. But in reality, once they know they have that speaking event, they're thinking about it nonstop. Yeah. Okay, what am I going to talk to them about? What if, What's going to resonate? What do they need to hear? Mm-hmm. That could be months out. They're just thinking about it, not to mention all of their life experience that they're going to bring to their mm-hmm. talk. And it's a lot goes into it that people don't see in preparation. Yeah, I mean, when you get paid as a speaker, it's all that preparation. But you know, nobody, anybody who understands, here's the deal, right? It's when I work with people, when they say, how much does it cost up front? I know that person's probably not going to get it, right? Mm-hmm. Because people understand stuff, and I do it too sometimes, right? But people understand stuff, are always worried about how much does it cost, how much does it cost, how much does it cost? Mm-hmm. Where you should be worried about, hey, what's the value? value yeah, yeah. What is the value, right? right? So people who bring me in to speak, it, you know, when I go speak places, nobody's asking me, like, nobody's worried about how much it costs. To, they know you're bringing that value. Exactly. You know, it's, prices, yeah. it's about the value, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to throw out, like, the, the amount of various price dollars or whatever. But the the money's a, it's a petty thing. That's a petty mm-hmm. thing. It's about what is the value, right. because somebody knows, hey, you know, he's gonna bring enough value in here, 
And the, um, if you go on my website, on my speaking page, it uses the word transform mm-hmm. or transformative. He's going to, I, I'm here to transform your audience's mind. You can't put a price on that. <laughs> you can't, yeah. right? I don't care what you pay me. It's not enough for, exactly. it's, it's not enough to transform somebody's mind. Right. Like, I'll tell you, the feedback I got when I just spoke last weekend was amazing. And people's minds were changed. You see people started using different words and all sorts wow. of things. And it's it's because, like I said, it's a, it's, it's it's been a lifelong thing, lifelong development. Right. And now I'm reaching a point in my life where I have a lot greater clarity about it now. So now I can even deliver my messages a lot more effectively, effective. And the ability to do that is really transforming people's minds, transforming their mm-hmm. mindsets, the way they think. Mm-hmm. And that's invaluable. Yeah, you know, can't, totally, totally agree. Can't, can't put a price on that stuff. So, you know, to the listeners, when we're talking about clarity and such, I would say one of the first steps is going back, and we're going to talk about this all the time on this podcast because I think this is one of the most important things, but figuring out what is your gift? What are you gifted at? And once you can figure out what you're gifted at, really focus and hone in on, okay, how am I supposed to be using that gift? Right. And then start writing it down, right? Then get your journal and write everything you can about it because that's how you get clarity about your life and what you should, what you should be working on, what you should be doing. I know that's something a lot of people struggle with is identifying what their gifts are. And a couple ways to do that is it's hard for us to identify our own because it's kind of like you you can't see the picture if you're in the frame. So this is yourself. So you may not, you may downplay a lot of your gifts, but think about what do people come to you and ask for help for or, or just ask uh, people that know you best, ask them, Hey, what, what are my unique gifts? What am I really good at? They know. And I think that's very helpful. That's something I did about a year ago. And, Getting that feedback, okay. Hmm, I, didn't, I didn't realize that, but you're right. It makes sense now. <laughs> so that's just some ways to identify, but it's it's super important to identify what your unique gifts are because you don't want to spend too much time trying to model somebody else's unique gifts or mm-hmm. trying to hold yourself to their standard. But you have your own unique gifts that once you get that clarity around them, that's, those are what I call your superpowers. Exactly. And here's the deal that that people need to understand as well. Once you know your gifts and once you have clarity around it, your life becomes so much easier. So much easier. Things don't, you don't get stressed as much. You're forcing it. <laughs> you're not forcing it. You're not, you're not, you're not forcing it. Right. You're not trying to fit what is it, a square peg into a round hole anymore. Right. It's like, ah, how do I get this in there? <laughs> it must ah. fit. It must and, fit. <laughs> and working so hard and working so hard. Like, no, stop working hard. That's, you're not supposed, you're not supposed to be doing that. So stop doing it. Yeah. That's right? a good indication. Yeah. You're not supposed to be yeah, doing it. You're not that. supposed to be doing it. Um, and one thing I always tell people that I work with is we talk about finding your weak areas and self-improvement and trying to get better at those weak areas. But at the same time, you know, honestly, what I tell them is, I think it's more important you find your strong areas work on those. and work on those. Exactly. Yeah. Master those. I can't remember what book I read, but they talked about how just we're trained that way in our school system. Yeah. So for example, bring your parents home, your report card, you have all A's and say a C. And a C and maybe English or something like that. You have straight A's and math, everything else. You're gonna the parents gonna focus on that C. Mm-hmm. How can we get you stronger in English? And in reality, whatever you if you get an A's in science and math, really it should be thinking, okay, what is it about that you love? And let's keep making that stronger and stronger versus trying get you to, A plus 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 plus. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to really build on your weaknesses, and that's just our school system, I think, too. That's certainly. Yeah, it's tough because it's, yeah, certainly you want it, you don't want your weak areas to be that bad. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I heard somebody say that the real saying is "jack of all trades, master of one." Um, not master of none, but like master, master of one. one. So you can be you can be cool and everything, mm-hmm. but then you should have that one thing where you're just, just like excel. excelling, right? right? And you know, I think that's what we should aim for. And again, once you figure what that is, your life becomes so much easier. Like. So much more relaxed and so much more fitting, and and you you get in this flow. This I listened to this Oprah talking the other day, and talking about she can tell when her life's in flow and she's doing something like that, mm-hmm. and and your life just gets in flow. Like for me right now, my life is in a pretty good flow because I'm finally starting to, after years and trying to figure it out and doing this, doing that, figure out where I actually fit in and like, hey, how do I use these? First of all, what are my gifts? Okay, I got them. Now, how do I get clarity around them so I know what I'm supposed to be doing with them? Right. And then once you get that, then 
everything starts to feel like I'm just on a nice little cruise on the river, <laughs> just just flowing, man. Well, what you said is so important is years of figuring it out. A lot of times people, they just want to, they want instant flow. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You have to, it's a lot of trial and error. There's <laughs> a lot of failing and that's part of the process. I heard recently somebody talked about going back to like folks on your superpowers, your gifts. Mm-hmm. It's like, say if Michael Phelps, if his mom would have said, okay, now you master swimming as a kid. Let's make sure, let's get you just as good in basketball or soccer. <laughs> so divert what he's doing, what he's a master at, yeah. to something else. And I think that, that happens often as well. So that they get rich in your niche. Love get that. rich in your niche, man. Love it. Yeah. That, I don't know. But what I hope people are getting out of this is you have to, you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to take the time to get clear about why you're here and what you're supposed to be doing. It makes your life easier. And I know people are going to hear this. Some people aren't going to believe it. They're not going to want to do it. It's true. It's true. It's so true. If you take the time, you could have so much less stress. Again, I can't think of a better way to say it again than the than the trying to fit the square peg in a round hole. Right. Right. That's, That's what most frustrating. people do. <laughs> That's what most people are living your life like. Right. I've and once you figure out, like, hold on, I'm not, I'm not a square. I'm round. Right. Like, oh, oh, that feels so much better now. You know, like a fish trying to climb a tree. <laughs> exactly, not happening. You're supposed to be in the water. You ain't climbing You're no trees. To be in the water. <laughs> that, that is true. But I think as far as a, a culture, society, we're moving, people are already focusing more on okay, trying to identify what they're passionate about, what they're good at. I think to like previous generations where just like get a job and work there for forty years, play it safe. I think more people are more conscious about okay, what is going to make me happy? What can I do to find that flow? I'm seeing more of that than previous these decades, as long as I've been alive. Yeah, and, it's, and of course it's tough, right? Because you can't just go out there and just expect your gift's not going to necessarily just make you money in me, like you were saying. It's going to take time. Take time. So of course it's tough. You got to say, well, I got to go get a job and do some other stuff, and it doesn't give me the time to work on my gift. But you know, I don't know if you saw, I put this post up before. I was like, well, they said there's no such thing as an overnight success. I beg to differ. You know, overnight success of people who are working on that nine to five shift. So, and not really, you know, I don't want you working the whole night, of course, but you go to work. Oh, yeah, I remember what you posted. I I said, I mean, I mean, five to nine shifts. I said it backwards. But you go to work and then you, you know, you do your regular day job, you work Mm -hmm. from eight to five or whatever, go home, do what you have to do with the family. But at nighttime, man, you have to, have to, I don't want to say sacrifice, you have to start honing your gift. Yes. In your office. You have to put it in work. Because you're saying 24 hours, that's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> you sleep on average at eight hours max. And they say you got eight hours work. That's still eight hours left of family time and all the other things. Still give you some time to hone your gifts. Yeah, you're not supposed to use that eight hours to sit on the couch and do nothing. <laughs> hone it. Yeah, no excuses. Totally agree. All right. but So let me think. Um, in terms of other tips for because we want to make sure we, we help you guys with how to develop that mental clarity. I think Darius has some great ideas at the beginning. Um, I, I'm, I'm similar prayer, Bible. Meditation. Morning. Yeah, meditation journaling. stuff. Journaling, definitely. And become a studier of other people. So study people who are not just everybody, but, but study people who are doing kind of the things that you want to do and watch how they operate. Because that's going to help you develop um, maybe a pattern. And, and I'm not saying copy them. I'm not saying try to emulate them completely, but just watch how they operate and do things. Like I said, you know, I've been watching the reason I started this podcast with Darius because I've been watching him, how he's posting stuff on social media for the past year, right? So I can, I can tell how he operates. I can see his flow from the outside. I can see how, how things flow with him. So watch other people because that'll, that'll help give you clarity also in terms of, um, hey, maybe, maybe my gifts could be used in this way. Right, maybe my gift should be should be working in this way. And there are a lot of people, so it's not like it's not like Dr. Dale and Darius are the first people who are trying to do podcasts <laughs> and develop stuff. Right, not at all. there's tons of people. We're just you know, I'm just adding little, our own flavor to it and bringing yeah. our own unique experiences. That's what that's, that's exactly what about. it is, right? But we can still watch other people and get a sense as to what they're doing. I would say just no no need to reinvent the wheel every time, right? Exactly. But be original without reinventing the wheel. Oh, that's tough. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Somebody like got to write that, that. down. Yeah, no be need. original without reinventing the wheel, man. Like, don't need to start from scratch if you don't have to. 
Yeah. And and the idea of just studying people and watching them, and I guess really what I'm trying to say there is to be being intentional. Yeah. Being intentional is what will help you get to that next level where you're trying to go. And that's what's going to help you develop that clarity ultimately. And once you have that clarity, life gets easy. And that's when you're going to start seeing yourself climbing these ladders and achieving stuff that you didn't know you were going to be able to achieve. Like, man, if you had told me, actually, I probably would have believed it, but it's not, it was never anything that I necessarily dreamed of, of going out and getting paid to speak. I never dreamt of that. Right. If you had told me I was gonna, it was going to happen, I would not. Okay, cool. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But I never, I never set out to get paid to speak. It's just that I started doing stuff. People are like, hey, I want to pay you to come speak. Right. Okay, great. And all that comes from starting to get this clarity, starting to figure out, okay, mm-hmm. I'm kind of good at the speaking stuff, you know? Right. And then what's your message? Is you spreading your message. You're like, I want, I want you to come here to this group or that group. We need to hear that. Exactly. Part of that clarity. You know what your message is, what your gifts are, and it's aligned. And it's flow. <laughs> yeah, flow, yeah, exactly. flow. Like yeah. you said, you said all those things have to, uh, the alignment is what I like to yeah. say. Everything has to align together because you know, people have people are just disjointed. It's very easy to be disjointed and say, mm-hmm. right, "Let me pull this from over here, this from over here," <laughs> and next you know you're like dangling all over the place and trying to hold everything together like this. Right. Well, how do you bring everything into right. the center and make it like one core, one core point mm-hmm. uh, where that we have that focus, where everything everything ties into that one message, that one focus, and you're able to distribute that with your gift. I love that. So how do you take your message and use your gift to get it to the, how do you take your message and use your gift to serve the world? Yeah. I love that. Disseminate it. <laughs> Taking your message, using your gift to serve the world. Coming up with all kind of quotes on this one. Some, I know, man. Good, uh, hashtags. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about it. And as we're as we're doing this clarity podcast, I'm actually thinking that might be that might be what clarity actually is. Mm. Figuring out your message. And how you use your gifts to serve others. That might really be the nutshell, the core of clarity. That's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> the, the formula. Yeah. If, if you have all those yeah. things together, that might be, that's, that's kind of like what you're looking for, okay? What's my message? How do I use my gifts to help other people? Once you have that, that's what we're looking for. That's what, that's what I want my life to be. That's what I want. <laughs> so yeah. I strive for every day, certainly. I like mm-hmm. it. You yeah. know? Uh, we're probably running close on time here because I know I got a call here in uh, 10 minutes for somebody. But um, so next week, you know, sorry, I think it's a good idea to give you guys um, a preview. Preview. So next week we're going to be talking about what, what did I talk about today? So today's Maximizing Monday was on, oh, was about intentional networking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like um, going out and, and the challenge today actually was to make a friend. So next week we'll get into that. Networking. Yeah, talking about intentional networking. That's That's big. Huge, I like that's big. You were intentional. That's a key thing. It's coming back around. Intentional. Maybe we should have called this podcast Mm -hmm. intentionality or something. (laughs) Intentional. (laughs) Intentionality. Um. Anyway, so what you got planned for this week before we before we hop off here? Let give people a little preview in terms of what we got coming up for the week. What's going on in life in general? This week, just more interviews for me, mentor select, and then also. Preparing next week, I'll be speaking for the prison entrepreneurship program there at each school. Nice. So these are men who went through the program in prison. Now they've been released, and they have to go through a nine-month program learning entrepreneurship skills. So I'll be teaching on the topic of uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, Kobe, right? Kobe, yeah. Nice. So I'm excited about that. About 20 men from that program preparing for that now and at the end of the month i'll be that's big so do you have a prison ministry do you do a lot of stuff with prison? i just got involved with it this past about six about six months ago just got involved with that program it's a non-profit program mm-hmm. and yeah I, I, I like it a lot giving back what's about man um what am i doing this week so um well it's always a grind man so you got it's always <laughs> a grind outside of the hospital doing all the hospital stuff Working on the books, so I'm really excited. Oh, we didn't we didn't put the books out today. But I'm <laughs> really excited. Yeah, next time I'm really excited. Uh, second Doctor Doc book. Okay. You know, just so about the lungs, right? Or yeah, about the lungs one? exactly. But so it's Doctor Doc Tony just learned about the lungs. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. So I just finally put everything together. I sent it off to my illustrator and everybody to to start putting all the pieces together. But just finished editing, writing, and all that stuff. So I'm um, really excited about that. When is that one being released? Published. Um, so hopefully, I, I, my goal is to try to get them out 
um, once a month. Okay. And the first, the first one we put out at the very end of September. So this one probably come out like very end of October, early November. Okay. And you know, I got five that I want to do. So boom, 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 put them out. And, um, and I'm excited about that because that's probably one of the one of the most gratifying projects that I've done to know that we're putting something in kids' hands. Yeah. Right. So I've got that. School. Yeah, I'll be uh I'll be speaking to the school here a couple weeks. That's not this week, but that's in a couple weeks. And of course doing all the same like all the grind stuff, getting <laughs> black men and white coats out to the community, rise up, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the coaching program going, all that stuff like that. So No so, off days. What is that? <laughs> it's Columbus Day. You supposed to be off chilling today, right? I definitely, definitely wasn't chilling today, man. <laughs> definitely wasn't chilling today, man. I woke up and uh, man, I worked harder today than I do on regular. Day, man. <laughs> Let's think about it. Once you get in that flow and you find that clarity, you enjoy what you do. So, oh, I love that. Say that again. Once I love you that. get into that flow, you find your clarity. You know your message and how you align it with your unique gifts. And you love what you do. You don't look forward to off days. Every day is an opportunity to continue spreading your message and using. Sharing your unique gifts with the world. I love it. I think that's a good indication, too. If, you, if you're looking forward to Friday and Saturday, so you can just chill out. And nothing wrong with chilling, relaxing, don't get me wrong. But if you just dread Monday through Friday, you're trying to fit that, 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 that circle into that square peg, it's, it's not going to work. You're not, you're not I, where you're supposed to be. I tell you, I look forward to Fridays and Saturdays so I can use that day to work on stuff, oh, yeah. on stuff that I really love doing, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, Undivided attention, just focused on it. <laughs> like today, man, I was like, man, I'm off on Monday, Columbus Day. Ooh, I get to work the whole day on Rise Up. What? That's the type. That's the excitement you want when you find your clarity. It was like Christmas, man. I was so excited. <laughs> you get excited about work days. Man, you should, man, you should see my checklist, man. Everything's checked off. I was, I was putting in work this morning. Nice. Um, yeah, but appreciate you guys listening. Definitely. Love you guys for listening. Um, handles. I'm at Dr. Dale MD on Twitter and Dr. Dale, you got to spell it out. D-O-C-T-O-R-D-A-L-E-M-D on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Even though I don't really use Instagram like I should. And um, websites are drdalemd.com, blackmenandwhitecoats.org, diversemedicine.com. Every pre-med and doctor, healthcare professional should be on diversemedicine.com. And uh, diversemedicine.org is under construction. But we're gonna have that back up soon for our community outreach. What you got? I saw my handles, Derich, D-E-R-R-I-C-H, Phillips. Pretty easy to find. And then also I just started my Facebook business page, Derich Phillips. And on there I'm doing live videos of my training for this ultra marathon. So just sharing with you whatever oh. whatever theme is on my mind after that training run. Just sharing that with you. So definitely follow that and hey, continue to rise up. Rise up, rise up, rise up. I'm going to have to go on that Facebook and I'm going to have to uh, start copying your, your workouts on there, man. I appreciate it, bro. Rise up. Love you guys. Pleasure.